morning, good afternoon, good evening, or it's 2 a.m. Good Ray. This Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. CES is officially done. It has come to a close. And has always been tradition here. Let's talk about some of the unique things that happened at CES. Look at the rewards and see just how ridiculous the CES awards are this year. It's been kind of a running trend for the last couple of years that the CES awards occasionally get a few awards what I feel just right, and then others just seem, wait, what? And (laughs) let me tell you, There are some pretty bad awards this year. But before we actually get to the awards, let's act, let's talk about some of the bigger news that came out. First things first, just before CES, the NVIDIA RTX 2060 has been announced. This is the NVIDIA ray tracing card that fits in what is normally considered the mid-range. You've got your whatever 70s, whatever 80s at the high end. The 60, 60 Ti's and 50s usually sit at what's called the mid-range. And then there's lower levels that are entry range that you should never ever touch. Seriously, if you are planning on doing any sort of anything, do not get a GTX 1040 or a GTX 1030. Or a GTX 1010. In fact, I don't even think they have the X. I'm pretty sure it actually is just like the GT 1030. Don't get those. You're going to have a bad time. And you're going to be sad. As you find out that you have all the graphical prowess of what's required to play Microsoft Word. But regardless, I digress. The The 2060... Sets in a very weird spot. It's being both praised and condemned by tech outlets everywhere for where it sits in performance and price. Now, the cards above this, the RTX 2080, 2080 Ti, and 2070, have been blasted across the board for providing great performance, but in turn... A massive, underlying massive price hike to the point that the 1080 Ti is over $1,000. In fact, real quick, I want to make sure I have this price right. Because I am literally forgetting off the top of my head exactly what it is. We're seeing prices of... Just under fourteen hundred to just under a thousand. This one I'm not sure about. This one that's under a thousand. Oh, it's on some strange budget site that I don't trust and never heard of. So we're gonna ignore that one. So about thirteen hundred dollars is where the RTX twenty eighty Ti sits at. Compare that to the GTX 1080 Ti, which sat at $600. The price almost 
that in fact over doubled for 30% more performance and the ray tracing feature that literally, not figuratively, no game can take advantage of. Except for one. That's it. The RTX 2060, though, performs actually really close to a GTX 1070. Like, scarily close. Which, honestly, is not a bad thing. The 1070 is a very good card. And the RTX 2060 is priced at $350. Which is actually cheaper than a lot of GTX 1070s. So a lot of people start to wonder, that sounds great, what's the downside? The downside is, is that a lot of people are measuring this for 4K gaming. And in 4K gaming, it is not great. In addition, when this thing officially launches, which we talked about in a previous early bird briefing, there may in fact be up to six variants of the RTX 2060 with different memory configurations. Now, if everything we've been told is true, if these benchmarks are correct, that they do perform as well in real life as the benchmarks say, well then to me, this is a very attractive card. You get ray tracing capabilities, you get outstanding 1080p gaming, which the majority of people who are on a budget still do. Heck, I do. A lot of streamers do, because they can really only realistically broadcast their stream in either 1080p or 720p. And then to top that all off, the thermal solution, the amount of power it draws, is low enough that all you need are two six pins. Well, if you're looking at a budget system made out of like, oh, I don't know, say a used workstation, you've got two six pins in there. You could be looking at a very good, very powerful Gaming setup made of used CAD hardware for around 500 bucks. I'm not going to lie. That's literally my, my plan now. That's how excited I am for this. I am willing to, to get in there and make this happen. Go pick up a 3.7 gigahertz quad-core Xeon system. Whatever RAM in there is is plenty. Pop in an RTX 2060. There we go. Two PC setup. With ray tracing. 
for when it decides to start existing in games. Uh, many Lego Man in the chat asks, how many of these RTX cards are there? There are a grand total of four, five, I take that back, five RTX cards that are in the gaming field. At the very high end, there is the Titan RTX, which is $2,500 and no one is going to buy unless you are insane or a professional. The 2080 Ti, which is about $1,400 as we just talked about. The 2080, which is about $1,000. The 2070, which is around six or $700. And now the 2060, which is at 350. And so far, the only one to me that's within like a reasonable grasp of the average consumer is the 2060. The rest might as well just cost a million dollars because they're going to be almost as far out of reach. Even the $700 card, you're looking at it and going, but, but Why? The performance per dollar doesn't make sense. Now, of course, your other options are almost non-existent because AMD just hasn't been making any graphic cards that really do anything. They've what? Been making Polaris cards for the last four years that have been bad since the day they launched. I mean, realistically, can you name an AMD card on the Polaris architecture that's good? No, you can't. Because it doesn't exist. The Polaris architecture being the RX... Three, uh, 400 series and 500 series are all Polaris. They've been doing that for years with nothing to show for it. And they've had a few Vega cards, but they've been out of reach just from supply. That is finally changing because NVIDIA, or I'm sorry, AMD has revealed... The Radeon 7 graphic card. The Radeon 7, or spelled in Roman numerals because it's the Vega 2 architecture. So it's the Vega architecture, but it's improved. Improved how? No one knows. Because unfortunately, AMD kind of has a history of, well botching their numbers a little bit just kind of smudging them just just kind of crank them up a little just trying to get people to go hey you know that looks pretty good and then just not do anything about it but if these benchmarks that they released are true and i say that saying you know you might want to keep a bowl of salt nearby because they do have a history of this the radeon 7 can actually outperform the Vega 64, which was previously AMD's top-end card, by close to 25 to 30%. If that's correct, that actually puts it dangerously close 
to being competitive with the NVIDIA RTX cards. Again, if these benchmarks are true. With that being said, I want these benchmarks to be true. Like, yeah, I use NVIDIA in every build for the, for the, la- for the longest time. But you still need AMD to be competitive with NVIDIA and Intel. If you don't if if you don't believe me on this, just look at what AMD has done to the processor market. AMD Ryzen launches. We now go from a market where CPU architecture hasn't really changed a whole lot for the most part in a decade. For literally a decade since the dawn of the Nehalem processor from Intel, we get a 6% performance boost and quad core over and 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 over again, unless you're in the server market. Then you go from six core to eight core to 10 core to 12 core. And it's just been nothing. Ryzen, Threadripper, and Epic all drop from AMD. And now you've got Intel pushing out eight core processors for the masses. You've got rumors of an AMD chip that could boast 16 cores for the masses. You've got Threadripper on the high end pushing 32 cores. 32 cores on one CPU. That is madness. That is absolute madness. And Intel having to push the same to keep up. It is that kind of competition you want to see on the GPU market. Because for the last three years, NVIDIA has had no competition. What do we have? We have the cost for performance going so high through the roof that literally the top end cards are out of reach for the average person. Moving on, though. Intel revealed quite a lot at CES as well, including various other micro-architectures, including some that include smaller low-powered cores combined with higher-end cores, which we could see in a future product. You know, that could actually be very interesting in, say, oh, I don't know, a laptop. And that could actually actually boast... Man, what kind of battery life could you expect combining low-wattage atom cores with, like, higher-end Core i7 cores? Like, that's the sort of architecture we're talking about coming down the pike that Intel showed off. There was actually quite a lot shown there, a lot of which I can't even wrap my head around. But what Intel was most excited about, for whatever reason, 
was the fact that they feel they have perfected the 10 nanometer process. They believe they have it perfected. That in fact, they are ready to push it out and finally stop building ships on, where were they before? 13 nanometers, I believe. Not that it matters because the rest of the world is already on 7 nanometers. Unjust man, the chat just corrected me. It's 14 nanometers that Intel was on, not 13. So that could be very, very interesting. But again, I'm more curious about believe what they call it, the Sunny Cove architecture. They had basically two different kinds of processors on one die, intelligently switching between the two based on your load. It's all very curious stuff. Meanwhile, in another corner of CES, we had AT&T showing off the first 5G devices. Even though it's just 4G connections. In fact, it also boost, boasted uh, slightly higher than 4G connection speeds and also still used LTE. So, I mean, for crying out loud, I don't get why they did this. Can someone explain this to me? If you're AT&T and you pulled this stunt before with 4G and people found out and called you on your BS, why? Oh, why? Would you even think for a second to try this same stunt again? Yeah, to the su- to the surprise of no one. People are calling out, calling them out on this, going, "Hey, you know, this isn't 5G. It's not even close." It would be like If I gave you this water bottle that I'm holding right now that those of you listening to the podcast can't see because it's a podcast and said, this, this bottle of water, which has filtered water in it is unicorn tears. Now it'd be one thing if they went to the general public and said this and the general public went, Ooh, Ah, but here's the problem. They went to CES. You went to CES and tried to sell and try to claim that you had 5G coverage and we're ready to roll out with 5G.
I'm gonna go to a laboratory convention and sell my bottle of unicorn tears to them. We'll see how many of them just put it under a microscope to find out it is just literally, not figuratively, filtered water. Alright, there's plenty of other stuff that came out at CES that very much interested me. But we'll talk about that more when we go through the awards. There's one thing I want to talk about before we get to the awards. The awards by far are going to be the best. Alright. I want to talk for a moment about the, no joke, air taxi that was shown at CES. This was a real thing that was shown... That was shown at CES. It is a drone, a a large drone that people could get in and powered by both an electric motor, several electric motors, and also a fuel-based engine be able to carry passengers to wherever they so choose. Now, the actual device was not showcased in that in that fashion, but they did have footage of their tests. There was a literal flying car at CES. I want you to remember this as we go through the awards. All right? I'm going to first start with the Verge Awards. Okay? The Verge Awards over the years, these have always been the dumber awards, okay? The Verge and I don't mix. They t- they have this mindset that's just kind of bizarre. But we'll get to that in a minute. Alright, their awards. So first, their first award is highest screens to wheels ratio. Right off the bat, I got a problem with with this category. Why? You know that's not a real... you, You know that's not a real category. You literally made this category up on the fly because you found this car demo (laughs) that had had screens literally everywhere. There's a screen on the dashboard. There's a screen in in the windshield. There's a screen on the frickin' shifter area. There's a screen everywhere on this thing. You made this category up. By the way, if anyone cares, the winner of this fake award was Byton, B-Y-T-O-N, for their demonstration of an internal car that was exactly as I just described. What seems to be a tablet built into the steering wheel, a tablet built into the center console, and a massive LCD 
placed just before the windshield that takes up the entire width of the windshield, but has what appears to be about 10 inches of height. That their demo just has the map. The next category, biggest lie. Okay, look. Can you just just stop calling these awards? If this is going to be your quirky little way of putting forward your opinions, stop calling it awards. Like you like right now you would think I am just l- listing off articles from The Verge. I'm not. This is actually their award page from The Verge. The biggest lie, if you couldn't tell earlier, is AT&T's fake 5G icon. Which fooled exactly no one. And is shown so... And was so blatant that it fooled literally no one the best shrinkage okay that's that's closer to a real award title that's closer but i don't think you should like i don't think anyone would put that on a trophy That really should be what your logic should be. Should I put this trophy, should I put this title on a trophy? Or even on a ribbon? No, I don't think I'd want a trophy that said best shrinkage. It's going to imply other things. The award though is rather where it actually went to. It went to the Corsair's RGB LEDs. Excuse me. Corsair managed to make the LEDs so small they no longer need a housing to be printed onto their PCB. Which means, for us gamers, more RGB. More colored lights. We can RGB more things. So, through the next year, we can expect Corsair products to be even brighter, even more colorful, and be able to shine light so much that it can make its own rainbow. Alright, next category. The best robot. Oh my lord, an actual category! A real category! And this went to the Lovot. The Lovot, if you don't know, throughout the entire week is a robot that looks like a strange child 
acts like a strange child and makes sounds like a strange child so that you can love this strange child like you would a real child, except it's a lot creepier because it looks a lot creepier. And this thing may or may not star in its own horror movie very, very soon. Is this really the best robot you could do? Is is it really? I'm I'm kind of scared. Verge, are you okay? H- have you been taken over by the children of the robot? It's okay. Just just blink twice. If you need help, we'll help you. Moving on though, best smartphone. It goes to the IKEA smart blinds. The heck? I I don't know if that was picked up on the mic or not, but my uh my Amazon Echo just like set off and it probably just got set off again and it's going to comment again because I just said Echo and which is its keyword. So moving on, the best smart home device at the entire show were smart blinds, which are blinds that move via remote control and can be set to a timer. I can't help but think that you, first off, shouldn't give an award to say, oh, I don't know. A technology that exists already and B you shouldn't give an award to a company that wasn't even at the show Ikea was not at CES they even admit this in their article saying why they gave it to them why are you giving CES awards to people who are not at CES I'm not the only one who thinks this, right? Next award. Best thing that wasn't at CES. Oh, for crying out loud. Really? I'm starting to wonder if The Verge makes this awards page just to drive me and every other sane person in the world nuts. Because so far I believe it. This is literally... Why? This went to the Zenpod Zenpod AirPods case. A case for Apple AirPods. This is so stupid, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Who cares? It's a freaking AirPod case. And the thing they're most impressed with, with is the fact they were able to spin it like a fidget spinner. I'm convinced everyone at the the Verge is now six. Next award, most CES. Oh, my Lord. (sighs) Most CES. I I don't even have words 
for this. I know what the award means. It, it's the it's the thing at CES that was the most so far out there that it was just so CES. Ooh. The award title, though, annoys me. But then again, what part about this doesn't? This award went to the Kohler Numi Intelligent Toilet. A toilet that also has RGB. Amazon Echo integration, which I just triggered my Echo again, and I don't care. Yeah, boy, yep, it, it definitely set off that time. All right, and anyway, so with that, you can, no, I keep getting interrupted by, please stop. Thank you. Oh, my Lord. You know, it's moments like this that actually make me wonder why we put up with these sort of devices. And admittedly, it's because I keep using that word. But, man, it's so infuriating. Anyway, we have a toilet with Alexa integration, which I just triggered all of your devices. I apologize for that. So you can, in fact, flush it remotely, as well as have all sorts of other features, including having it heat up for you, have lights, and so on and so forth. I am a little curious as to how much this toilet costs. A little curious. And so with that, we move on to the best Apple news. At CES. <sighs> Actually, I can't gripe too much at this. Normally, there's no Apple news at CES because Apple refuses to go to CES. Apple hasn't gone to CES in an eternity. But granted, this time around, there actually is some pretty big Apple news that happened at CES in the fact that well a lot of devices including a lot of TVs now actually have AirPlay 2 integrated as well as iTunes and HomeKit this is actually big news just because Apple is finally underlying finally playing nice with other hardware manufacturers. Apple never does this. So actually, yeah, this for once actually is well-deserved, but to make it its own category is kind of weird. I would call it like best unexpected news rather than best Apple news because most of the time you're not going to see Apple news at CES. The best gaming NVIDIA mobile RTX cards. Yeah, that was everywhere. 
NVIDIA RTX cards, that's the ray tracing cards, are being found in laptops. And I cannot wait, considering the fact that these RTX cards run hotter than the previous gen NVIDIA cards, just how effectively they're going to be able to cool down. But of course, you know, we'll find out more about that later. You're going to see 2060s, 2070s, and 2080s in laptops. You're not going to find 2080Ti's, or there's no way you're going to find Titan RTX cards inside the laptops. The best thing that now has a virtual assistant, Google Maps, is the winner of that non-award. I really don't have anything to add to this. I mean, it's... Why is that an award? But then again, that's kind of the whole thing. That's the whole thing about this entire section. Why is this an award? Half these things should not be awards. The best gadget. The Sony Beer Speaker. It is a speaker with cup holders. That's the best gadget, according to The Verge. All right, then. The best TV at CES. This is one of the areas where I actually do agree with The Verge. That's the 65-inch rollable TV. An OLED TV that will, no joke, unroll out of a speaker to its full 65-inch display. So you can just take this thing, set it up anywhere in your house, and then absolutely shock everyone with a push of one button and a stunning TV just slowly rises out of the soundbar. That honestly was one of the more impressive technologies there. There's only one other one that I would say came close and I'm kind of torn between which I would give an award to, but we'll get to that in a minute. The best monitor or display goes to the Samsung Space. Which I don't know why this is why this is even worth mentioning. The Samsung Space is just a monitor on a hinge with an exp- with an extending arm. If you remember the old Apple iMac G4, the one that looked like a lamp base and had a screen just that you could just infinitely adjust on this on this big steel bar. That's basically what this display is. That's not new. It's not. And the part that kills me about this is that there were massive underlying massive emerging displays that featured 240 hertz refresh rates 
They are the first of their kind in display technology. And you give it to the screen on a hinge, on a, the screen on an arm. Ooh. Do you even explore the do you even explore CES best nega notch so the nega notch is a word that was just invented at this CES you know how smartphones have a notch they have a screen that takes up the entire the entire face of the phone and then they have a chunk of the screen missing that houses the cameras. You know, the thing that Apple did and everyone who, who hasn't been drinking the Kool-Aid hates. Like here, show of hands in the chat right now. And even you at home. Raise your hand if you think the notch is a good idea on smartphones. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller. Bueller. First off, to you in the back who actually raised your hand, put your hand down. You know you're lying. To the rest of you, see, this is my point! No one likes the notch. So what's the nega notch? The nega notch actually, honestly, is a little more brilliant than the notch. So more and more laptops are realizing that they too can have thin displays. But they also realize that taking out a chunk of the screen to make space for the webcam that barely works is a really, really terrible idea. So they've invented a lip at the very top of the screen where the bezel just kind of bulges out just a little bit. Just enough so that it can be easily disguised as where you're supposed to lift the screen up on the laptop. That lip is the nega notch. Honestly, I like this concept a lot more than the cell phone notch. That being said, I hate the word nega notch, so I'm just going to say... The Lenovo Yoga S940 won The Verge's best award for Nega Notch. And then I'm going to move on from there because that's not deserving of an award. Mini Lego Man, the chat says, I thought Nega Notch was literally an evil notch. Implying that the notch itself was not pure evil. I mean kind of was all right the best laptop this went to the alienware area 51m this is going to surprise you all right the alienware 51m is a very thick by modern standards laptop it's actually about as thick as at least what appears to be my mobile workstation. But this laptop is actually housing quite a lot. It's first off housing a desktop class 
core i9 processor, specifically the 9900K, which is an 8-core Intel CPU, in addition to an NVIDIA RTX 2080 mobile graphics card. So, okay, it's a big, bulky, powerful, over-the-top laptop. You know, the kind that old-school Alienware used to make. And for that, bravo, old-school Alienware. I don't know where you've been, but it's nice to see you again. Actually putting some effort into your work. But the thing that's actually kind of surprising about this is that you can, with a screwdriver, get into it and get ready to replace parts in under 10 minutes. Alienware has also, inside this thing, put enough space for two M.2 MVME SSDs and a a 2.5-inch hard drive space plus a battery. And all of it is made to be upgradable. Even the graphic card is on its own daughter board. Kind of Dell Precision style. And the best part is, is on this graphic card are the external monitor ports. So if Alienware keeps their promise of making future parts for this laptop, and a new, say, HDMI standard comes out, your upgraded desktop or laptop would also have those ports. That being said, this laptop starts at $2,500. And no one knows, except for Dell and Alienware, what $2,500 in an Alienware Area 51M is going to get you. It is probably very safe to say that you are going to save a lot of money building a desktop over buying this laptop. But considering the fact that the entire laptop field is very meh. I mean, for crying out loud, the only innovation that happened in mainstream laptops was, oh, I don't know, the Nega Notch. And that's it. I, for one, am actually like, I want one of these. I'm not going to get one because, I mean... It starts at $2,500. It's not going to be cheap. And also, I love taking apart tech. I really, really do. So, I mean, honestly, here, best laptop being the Area 51M, this is going to shock people, but... I agree with The Verge. It w- easily was one of the best laptops there. The only exception to it might be the Asus portable all-in-one gaming laptop hybrid thing that kind of looks like a giant Surface Pro. That was also really cool, and I'd love to see that thing dissected. But yeah, good job, Verge. 
you have one guy with their head screwed on straight. One. All right, best in show from The Verge. The Samsung Micro LED TVs. Remember earlier how I said I kind of do agree with uh, with their choice in TVs? There was maybe one other one I would say might deserve best TV. The Samsung Micro LED TV is the other one. This is a display technology that is expected to replace OLED. Where it is just super small LEDs on a screen and those super small LEDs make up the pixel. No organic component, no burn-in, none of the flaws of OLED, but still all the benefits. I don't know if I would say that's best in show, but I can't argue too much with this choice. So, kind of surprising, towards the end, The Verge got a few things right. But of course, that's just the Verge Awards. The Verge doesn't really hold a whole lot of sway anywhere. I mean, the Verge is basically just the tech Vox. And Vox is kind of an outlet that's also just kind of glared at going, really? Go home, you're drunk. Let's talk about the actual CES Awards. Alright? Remember, we're talking now the real ones. The real awards, the real ones that people are going to plaster on their product and say, we got a CES award. This is a badge of honor. Best accessibility tech. The Samsung Gems H. I can't really argue too much with this one. The Samsung's Gem H is kind of a weird leg exoskeleton that you can wear to either help with your ability to walk or, if you are in rehab, increase resistance in your walking to help strengthen those muscles so that you can walk fully again. And honestly, I have a hard time hating on it. It's uh, it's legitimately technology I don't understand. But it's not so bizarre and weird I'd go, that's stupid, you're stupid. It actually does sound like something that would be really helpful in. You know, I'm not entirely certain what, other, the, what the other runner-ups were for best accessibility tech, but yeah, I can't be too mad at that. Good, good going. Best startup. The N-Real Light. What? So the N-Real Light apparently is a, quote, Chinese startup that has only been around for two years, but its new light-mixed reality headset is proof that Microsoft and Magic Leap aren't the only serious players in town. In its early stages, we were impressed by... the by the crisp, vivid images and heads, 
the headset could produce. To say nothing of the fact that Nreal managed to squeeze some incredible complex components into a headset that could pass off for a normal, almost, comfortable pair of sunglasses. I'm not going to lie, I've never heard of this company either. Have any of you, have any of you ever heard of Nreal? Nope. Maybe they're actually, maybe they're actually onto something. Now, just looking at a picture of it, it does look like uh, those Snapchat spectacles where they're just like sunglasses with cameras built in. They look kind of like that. So I don't know how good of sunglasses, or how good of sunglasses, how good of a VR headset they're going to be when it looks like light can get in from the sides. So right off the bat, I think that would ruin immersion, but if what their editor is saying here is true, then there might be something there to stop that. And that the only reason it looks normal is so that you aren't judged for wearing a VR headset. Although, to be perfectly honest, does it really matter what the VR headset looks like? You're not going to wear it in public. Unless you're a streamer, no one's going to see you wearing it. I don't know. It's just... I don't... Don't know about this one. I, I think it would also depend on the cost. Maybe this design is just much cheaper than a Vive or an Oculus Riff. Who knows? Moving on. Best digital health and fitness product. It goes to the Triple W D Free. It is apparently a ultrasound incontinence monitor that can measure how full the wearer's bladder is. Okay, that's kind of neat. You can measure your own bladder. I have a question, though. Why? Unjust Man in the chat wants to point out that those were augmented reality glasses, not VR. Did I miss that in the in the description of it? No, they just didn't talk about it. Oh, that's bizarre. Why? Why, Engadget? Yeah, sure enough. Uh, Enreal Light. It would make sense if they were augmented reality. But they don't mention once that it's... Oh, they say mixed reality. I'm too used to augmented reality. Being, being the term, not mixed reality. I forgot that that's a term now. Okay. I apologize. That's on me. That That's my fault. My apology. Th thank you, chat. You got my back. 
All right, let's move on to the to the uh, to the ultrasound device that measures your bladder for reasons that baffle scientists everywhere. Why would you want to measure your own bladder? Answer me that, chat. Why? Is that just Oh, old people, the elderly. Incontinence. Okay, chat once again showing showing me that I am out of touch. Okay. Alright, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And as someone who's not really in that field... This is something you should This isn't something you should be concerned with right now. Yes, this is true. Not until I at least double or triple my age. All right. So, the Triple WD free, it that one best digital and health fitness product. I guess that is still better than the What was it that one last year? It was a very weird product. It was like the stealth bra or something like that. We're moving on though. All right. Moving on to best wearable. We have the Omron Health Guide Blood Pressure Smartwatch. Did you hear that, Apple? Someone has a better health watch than you. I I know, Apple. This this irks at you. If you're not aware, whenever Apple releases a new smartwatch, their a new version of their Apple Watch, they literally, not figuratively, bring out Dr. Guest Stars to talk about how beneficial for your health it is to have an Apple Watch. And how top-end their sensors for measuring your health, quote-unquote, is. Guess what? Someone can measure blood pressure and you can't. Yes, I am enjoying poking fun at Apple right now because you know the fact that this watch exists. It makes their it literally makes their blood pressure rise, which they could measure with a watch that they don't have. <laughs> yes, congrats to Omron for 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 making this watch and for having it having a Relatively accurate blood pressure sensor built into the watch. Congrats. Bravo. I'm still going to poke an apple. (laughs) Alright, best transportation technology. The Freightliner Cascadia. I'm not going to lie. When I first went through the awards... And I saw the Cascadia. 
I went, hold on a second here. This version of the Cascadia came out a couple years ago. Did Daimler really just now bring their Cascadia to CES? No. On the Cascadia, by the way, if you don't know, I should actually explain this first. Because to me, the Cascadia is a very common, it's a very well-known truck. The Freightliner Cascadia is, one second here. I'm sorry. The Freightliner Cascadia is pretty much Freightliner's bread and butter truck. This is the truck they introduce. This this is the truck they pretty much sell to the masses. It's their mainstream truck that's sold to every single trucking company. Swift uses them, uh, Celadon uses them, Schneider uses them, everyone. I apologize for, for the increased pauses, we had a bit of an incident in the chat. But what's new and introduced in this particular Cascadia is the fruit of their labor when it comes to their self-driving technology. They are in fact so confident in their, in their self-driving technology in this, they actually let some of the various tech editors who literally have zero heavy-duty trucking experience drive them as a demo. That is actually incredible. Like, no joke. Now, Dahmer does put out there in big, bold letters, this is not intended to replace drivers yet. This is intended to keep trucking accidents down to a minimum. Because they are fully aware these various adaptive cruise features, these lane keeping features, these abilities for the truck to halfway drive itself are simply to make sure the trucks drive safer. Not so that the trucker can just go and back on the bed and just take a nap. I already forgot which way I'm going on the thing. So, we're going to move on to that. Oh, and if I didn't say, I'm sorry, I did get a little scatterbrained there for a, for a second on that. I would argue, yeah, that was probably one of the best transportation technologies. Except for maybe, oh, I don't know, the air taxi that we talked about earlier. Hmm. Yeah. 
All right, so moving on, we've got the best home theater product, the Sennheiser Ambio Soundbar. Really? You're going to put a sound bar <laughs> as far as best home theater product. You know what else is a home theater product? The TV. The actual TV itself. That is considered a home theater product. I know that's shocking. But TVs do count as home theater products. No joke. On top of that, with all the integration that has been introduced on various set-top boxes... At CES, you pick a soundbar? Really? It's not like the soundbar itself introduced anything earth-shattering. It's a single speaker that, with the right aiming and the right setup, can simulate surround sound. It's not new. At least to CES, it's not new. We've seen that before. We've seen it last year. We've seen it the year before. I don't get you, Engadget. You could have done better. Moving on to the best connected home product, the Lenovo Smart Clock. It's an Echo Show. There's nothing... There's nothing here! Lenovo made an Echo Show and it won a Best of CES award. They literally made nothing new. Other than call it a clock. This is literally a product that already exists. And was made by someone else. But because Lenovo made it, it got a Best of CES award. Were there just that few products that fit into the category? I kind of have a hard time imagining this. Unjust the man in the chat asked, maybe it's better priced. It's not. It's not because of that. I'm not saying that it's not better priced. It might be. But the thing is, is that at CES, nobody talks about price. CES is all about just going out there, going on a limb, inventing something new, and showing it off. That's what CES is all about in the modern era. Which is why it's even more disappointing to see the best phone or mobile device being a new version of the Mophie Juice Pack. The Mophie Juice Pack. This also isn't news.
the juice pack, if you if you don't know, is something that's existed since the dawn of iPhones in general. It's a case that has a built-in battery. And what it does is that with a push of a button, charges your phone. It's basically like portable chargers that we know now, except it's a case. This new version also includes wireless charging, which Mophie has had for two years. But this is the best phone or mobile device. A charging case. I I don't understand you. The best TV product. Once again, the LG OLED TV that rolls up. I already said everything I I had to say with The Verge. I agree with this award. It did deserve it does deserve an award. And the fact that this is actually going to be a real product and not just a concept device really does say a lot as well. The best gaming product, the Alienware Area 51M. I don't know if I would have put that under best gaming product, but I mean, yeah, it was there. You know, maybe I would have put the actual Radeon graphic card or some of the other gaming peripherals that were there that had haptic sensors and let you feel the action. But, you know, all right. I mean, I can't can't argue too much. I just feel like maybe that should have been saved for best laptop. But maybe you got something better. Maybe you actually got, like, a better laptop. Maybe you do. Most unexpected product. The Impossiburger 2.0. Oh. Really? I don't get why this, of all things, gets a Best of CES award. You are at the Consumer Electronics Show. But the lab-grown meat wins a best of the Consumer Electronics Show. That has to be grown in a lab. Cannot be grown at home. The only thing that's most unexpected about this is the fact that it shouldn't be at the CES show. I I just okay whatever. Fine, it, it got most unexpected award. Fine, whatever. Let's move on. Best sports tech. The Jacks Jocks Smart Kettlebell. It's a kettlebell weight that with a smartphone app, you can change how much it weighs on its base station. So you just store it on there with an app, you adjust it and it'll just electronically, of course, mechanically as well, move weights around within it to change its actual weight. And yes, this is including moving weights from the actual kettlebell to its base. 
it's it's kind of neat. It, it it does seem rather amusing, and it does seem a lot more lot better to have something like that rather than a massive rack with all the various different handbell weights or having multiple kettlebells. Of course, the only thing in chat they can talk about right now is the fact that we don't want a kettlebell. We need more cowbell. Christopher Walken, we want to know, when is the eye cowbell going to come? When is the electronic cowbell going to come out? I kid, it's not actually that, that big of a topic inside the chat. Alright, moving on. The best PC or tablet? The Dell XPS 13. Are you serious? Are you serious right now? I'm at a loss for words on this one. I get that this year, the overwhelming majority of the laptops were rather underwhelming. The only ones that had anything going on were the gaming laptops. Between the Area 51M, the Asus Mothership, the tablet massive hybrid thing, the Acer Predator, which had an easel screen and a whole bunch of customizability, laptops with brand new 240 hertz refresh rates. But you literally picked the... The most boring laptop on the entire show floor. You pick the Dell XPS, where it's only notable change they made was they moved the webcam from the bottom of the screen back to the top where it belongs. Every other feature the Blasted Laptop has is not new. The thin bezels are not new. That's how it launched several years ago at CES. What, were the impossibly thin powerhouse mobile workstation laptops not cool enough for you? Was the portable all-in-one not cool enough for you? You had to put the Alienware Area 51 as best gaming, so you couldn't put it at best PC. This is one of the stupidest awards that was handed out. By far. Because without a shadow of a doubt, you can't say like, oh, well, you weren't there, Eagle. You can't say that that doesn't deserve to be the best PC. I know that literally any other laptop on the show floor had more right to be the best PC or tablet than the Dell XPS 13, because the Dell XPS 13 was literally the most basic laptop on the show floor. Now, although Unjust Man in the chat's accusing me of hating on Dell, I'm not. I do think, though, that when Dell packed their bags for their show... 
they at the last minute decided, oh yeah, we'll include the XPS 13, why not? Let's let's show people what it's going to look like when it's launched in like a couple of days. It literally didn't change anything. But again, best of CES. Cousin Gadget said so. <sighs> Moving on. The best robot or drone goes to the Samsung BotCare. A robot that will follow you and stalk you and monitor your sleep and help assist the elderly if they fall. I have mixed feelings about this. Because on one hand... It seems very, very creepy. Like, very, very creepy. It's a robot that's able to send data out that is watching you sleep, watching you eat, watching your every, every move. But at the same time, having a home assistant to, to, keep, to keep the elderly co- company... And also to call for, you know, medical assistance if they fall. That actually is very, very helpful. So I'm kind of torn here. I'm really, really torn. Although, when push comes to shove, I do have a feeling it's going to be very difficult to convince anyone of elderly age right now to go have one of these. Considering the fact that, at least from my side of the family, it is extremely difficult just to have the elderly understand how a phone works. Not a smartphone. A, like, relatively modern phone. Yeah. Most impactful product. The burger. The burger's back! Why? This is not the second award this impossible burger has won. And it doesn't even belong here. It is a fake burger. Go to a culinary arts freaking show. There's got to be some giant gathering for food products. Stop it! Stop winning Consumer Electronics Show Awards! Ah! And now finally, the best of show. The absolute best of CES. The official Best of Show Award goes to... Come on! Again? For crying out loud! The Impossible Burger 2 won Best of Show. (sighs) 
You had a flying taxi. And you, and, but the burger won. You had an all-in-one tablet. What looks like a portable iMac. That you could just carry with you all the guts inside the screen. That had workstation class performance. Not to mention gaming performance all built into the blasted thing. But no. The burger won. You had laptops powered by artificial intelligence. But the burger won. You had the life alert robot. But the burger won. You had an ultrasonic sensor that could literally measure your bladder but the burger won did i accidentally tab over did i accidentally pull off the um did i accidentally pull up the virgil no no these are the official ces awards this didn't come from the verge this this came from engadget the people who are in charge of the actual official awards. <sighs> we took away CNET's ability to pick the CES awards because there was believed to be a conflict of interest. I've got to ask and gadget. Why did you really pick it? Was the burger really that impressive? Was it really that delicious? You know, it doesn't even matter because it doesn't deserve to get a single consumer electronics show award. And the reason I keep saying that is to enforce the E, the same thing that my entire chat has been emphasizing. You gave it three best of CES awards and there is not one blasted thing in there that is electronic. Not one. The only thing that might be electronic, but we don't know, is the process of making the meat. Chat is, however, giving it to them that, that, okay, maybe most unexpected. Although I would argue that not even most unexpected, because these guys were there last year with the Impossible Burger 1.0. Stop! Stop giving them Consumer Electronics Show awards. And finally to the People's Choice Award. It went to the Heated Razor by Gillette. I, I gotta ask, why? Uh, you know, I, I'd be more outraged by this, but at the same time, people mess up these awards so often it's not even funny. I know Reddit and 4chan both have gone through so much effort to have Razer with their crazy outlandish gaming tablet and whatnot, various various things win player choice, people choice awards. So I shouldn't be surprised at all that a heated Razer won. I'm sure it's pointless. 
And honestly, I, I just lost all of my outrage to the fact that a hamburger won best in show. That by far is the biggest table flipping what? Although what would be really funny is if it turns out that the Impossible Burger actually did just use hamburger just to make people believe in them. Actually used real beef for their burger just to get people to believe in them. If that was the case, whoo boy. But with that being said, we are way over time for this episode of the podcast. But I mean, every CES episode, we're always way over the over time. So I'd say that's pretty par for the course. Thank you for listening. I do encourage you, please check out more episodes of Eagle Eyes on Tech. You can find them anywhere that you can get podcasts iTunes, Google, iHeartRadio. In addition, check out our our morning podcast, The Early Bird Briefing, and also check out my Twitch page where we do record these live, and you can participate in the chat at twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. Take care. See you next time.